So this one's about guns. Okay. And it's a subject I know very little about, and you yeah. are the biggest expert I know. Okay. That's believable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to jump in? That's it. AK-47, the very best day is when you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitute. I say you're the, you know more about guns than anybody else I know, because just a little background, you were in the army. Yes. How, how long were you in the army? Uh, I was active duty for a little under eight years. And then I joined the National Guard after getting out after duty, and I've been in that since 2011, so I'm still active in that. As soon as I got out of the Army, my first job out of the Army, active duty in the Army, was a police officer in Kansas working for the Department of Defense. And then I I went out to California, and I was also a police officer at Caldwell Police Department out in California. And can you give us the name of your new venture and kind of what you guys do? Yeah, so it's uh, called American Asset Protection. It's a California-based security company. And um, pretty much they provide any kind of, all the way from guard services, uniform guard services that you see at like banks and housing complexes and malls to executive protection, working with um, high-profile clients that have a specific or just a general threat against them. And then also up to and including some overseas contracting work where we'd go and work overseas doing different types of contracting for, uh, or security contracting for bigger companies or high, more higher profile and more dangerous places to work. And what, uh, lastly, what is the Slingshot thing you're doing? So Slingshot Operations Group is a company that I started about, it's, pretty much firearms and like military type training um, available to civilians. Like there's a lot of classes we will only offer to security guards and law enforcement in the military, but our main focus is on people who want to carry a firearm every day or people who like just normal people who decide that, you know, that's what I want to do because there's all kinds of people out there who have their concealed carry license and a lot of them don't have very much training to go along with that. So our goal is to try to get people prepared to carry a firearm and also train the people who are already carrying firearms so they're more equipped to deal with a possible deadly force encounter. Well, after getting... Uh, now, I did a little of that background for our listeners, but um, after hearing that for myself, you are even more of an expert in guns than I thought you were. When did <laughs> when did you first get into guns? Like, obviously, you were in the Army, but yeah. even before that, I feel like as a kid, you were obviously <laughs> playing with guns and bow and arrows and stuff a lot. So did it start at an early age? Um, well, I think the way that Mom puts it is that... Uh, Ever since I could uh, pretty much pick up a stick that looked like a gun, that was um, that was when I that was that's when my firearms passion um, started, and I've um, I've just kind of it was one of those things that uh, mom and dad tried to uh, steer me away from, but were <laughs> unable to and very unsuccessful, at. and eventually they just broke down and bought me like water guns, and then that was you know I, that was like the coolest thing ever, and then it slowly got up. Uh, started getting more and more, but since my uh, parents and the rest of my family were not really into that, <laughs> I never actually fired a. I never actually fired a gun until I was at basic training. 
that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. Because uh, I remember, like, I was really into picking up sticks and pretending and using gun. Yeah. But I never, I never crossed over to the real world. <laughs> yeah. I think I fired, like, a BB gun. I think I had a BB gun before I joined the Army. Like, whenever I became 18 and, like, was on an adult, even though I was still living at home, I think I bought a BB gun and I would shoot it at everything and anything. Um, but I didn't actually fire a real gun until I joined the Army. Which, to find out, was actually a really huge advantage because I had zero bad habits. So the only way that I know how <laughs> right. to fire, the only way I know how to fire a, uh, a weapon is the way that the military or law enforcement has taught me. I, so Uncle Daryl never taught me how to, how to, uh, right. fire a gun. <laughs> right. So. When you shot your BB gun, did you ever kill an animal or hit an animal? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> because, I feel like the only time I ever shot a BB gun, I aimed at a bird in a tree, probably didn't even get close to hitting it, and I still felt so bad. <laughs> speaking of speaking of firing things, I remember uh, it wasn't a BB gun. I think it was a bow and arrow <laughs> that uh, I had a compact bow that I was trying to get you to shoot. <laughs> and, this, was, uh, this was like Thanksgiving, right? It was like yeah, a year this ago? this wasn't that long ago. And, uh, I remember you, um, you know, I was teaching you how to draw it back and I see, and I'm not a bow expert by any means, but uh, I was trying to teach you how to, how to use first, it. First of all, this okay. was a like legit bow and arrow. This was like, okay. Yeah. No, this is ra- a Rambo. You hunt, you hunt deer with this bow and arrow. This is, I pulled it back. It was like super hard. It was 70 it wasn't pounds. just like your little kid's 70 bow. Pounds. Yeah. 70 pounds. So when you go to fire it, there's two things wrong with the way you fired it. One, you closed your eyes completely. <laughs> it's like the number one rule of firing anything is know what you're shooting at. So, and then, no, three things. And then the second one was it went straight into my pod. <laughs> straight into the side of the pod. And then, uh, I think my, my mom and my wife were, and your wife were driving down the driveway. And I had to like sprint to the front and break off the arrows so they didn't see it. <laughs> the pod was like a storage unit that you kept all your stuff in, and the arrow like flew down our hill and went straight into it. And like, I, yeah, I feel like when I we did the, that gun training, I still like had this reflex to close my eyes. I know like the arrow is not somehow gonna fly back into my eyeballs. Yeah. So I don't know why. Why do people that, close their eyes? It's just like it's probably from it's probably the, uh, a lot of what I found out when I'm training people is especially new shooters is that they they think that the recoil of a firearm and or I guess a bow in your case, which I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of somebody closing their eyes when they're shooting a bow, but the recoil of a firearm has uh, they think it's a lot worse than it is because it's like this giant rifle, and they're like, oh, this thing probably kicks like a mule, but it's it's not like once you, I mean, once you've shot it, it's nothing. Like, uh, once you understand that it's not going to blow up on you and it's just a firearm and not a nuclear weapon, that people seem to calm down a little bit from it. Yeah, I think if I had ever lived to shoot a second arrow, I might have done a little better, but I was done after that first shot. Well, yeah, because you shot it into my pod, and who knows what you would have done after that. And I feel like, in my mind, your pod was this, like, square box at the bottom of the hill. And if I hadn't had the accuracy to hit that pod, it would have just kept going. That's one word for it. Um, 
Someone say blind luck. <laughs> yeah. So you join the army. What is the first your first experience with guns? Like when did you first fire a weapon? So uh, you know, basic training is kind of a blur. But uh, before we get into that too, your decision to join the army in the first place, like did that stem from any kind of like wanting to reenact some of the stuff from you know like the fun stuff yeah. of the kid, or was it just? It sounds like that. A business? It sounds like that would be the case, but no, that's not the was case. Was it a business decision? Not even that. So I distinctly remember, I think I was, where was I working? I was attempting to not work with dad. That was my main goal, was to not work with dad. I think I was working at like Boys and Girls, Boys and Girls Club of America, like the Bonzo campus, um, you know, some other, you know, stupid $4 an hour job. And, uh, I just like, I didn't, I, I wasn't going to college. Like I'd go to college and sleep in the parking lot just because I didn't want to be there. Uh, so that wasn't for me. That wasn't an option. And apparently you can't make millions of dollars without being creative or having some kind of like venture to bring to the world. So I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't going to be holding, able to do that. Holding signs up for housing complexes on yeah. the side of the road. Getting shake, getting shakes thrown <laughs> at you while you're holding signs up wasn't, wasn't bringing in the big dough. So, um, so I, I don't know how I actually went and talked to all the recruiters, I believe. But it, honestly, I joined because it seemed like a good idea at the time, and I didn't have really any other options. But like, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, like a lot of people joined because they were patriotic, and yeah, I, I am now. But I wasn't when I joined. I was just like, oh, this seems like a paycheck, and um, it gets me out of um, my, living with my parents. So that was a big plus. Uh, as much as I love mom and dad, it's you know living with your parents when you're 20 sure. years old is kind of. I remember when you, I heard you were joining the army. Um, it's like not really anybody that I knew in our family was like a military person. We weren't a military yeah. family. Like my dad was a hippie, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I remember thinking, I remember thinking like, what? Why? Like, is he, cra- is he crazy? But it turned out to, it worked out for you, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I loved it. I think I, I think I, there was definitely a learning curve when I started. Um, and I just, it was just a complete culture shock because I was a, I was a, somehow I was a pretty sheltered child. So coming into the army was a very, very big shock and how like the rest of the world acted and stuff. So that once I could, but once I got out of that, it was, uh, it was definitely the right place for me. And I loved it. I thought I did really well at it. I still love it. Like, uh, getting out was probably my worst decision in the air that I made in the army just because oh, I really, yeah, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed my time in active duty as much as it's boring when you're doing it. But look, while I was in, I remember thinking like, oh, this is definitely for me. And I, I was a total geek about it. Like I would just spend my time, my spare, uh, my off time doing like army stuff while everybody else was like going and drinking and stuff like that. And so I was a total geek about the army. Okay. And were you a natural at guns right away? Did all that stick work transfer? You know what it did actually. Uh, the first time I qualified with a rifle, I remember it was in, in like halfway through basic training was the first time I shot a rifle, and I qualified expert with it, which was um, in the army. That's um, between thirty-five and forty hits on target. So you shoot four, you shoot up forty different targets, and to qualify, just the minimum qualification is I think twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-five, and then from 25 to like 28 or something like that as marksman 
from 29 to 34 is sharpshooter, and then from 35 to 40 is expert. And I qualified for expert the very, very first time, and I think there's been like one time in my time in the Army that I didn't qualify expert, and it was sharpshooter. Nice, so, so all that visualization as a kid paid off. I guess visualization is key to, uh, in all sports, including <laughs> including combat, apparently. Throughout the Army, um, and even now, like when you're out of the Army, you still like go to ranges and keep up some sort of practice, keep your skills yeah. sharp? So there's a couple of different methods. I do a lot of dr- what's called dry firing. And dry firing, I guess, is pretty much visual- visualization. What, it, what you do is you grab an unloaded firearm, and you find a, you know, a safe direction, make sure that you're not, you don't have any ammo on you or anything like that. And you practice, uh, manipulating the trigger of your firearm, uh, because that's one of the most important factors is your trigger squeeze, as well as looking down the sights at a specific target. And what that does, it gives you the repetition of pulling the trigger of your firearm without actually having to go to the range and spend money on ammo and range fees and stuff like that. But I do try to get out. Not Lately, I haven't really been very often, but I try to get out at least a couple times a month to go shoot. I'll dry fire all the time. Like, I'll, every day I'll do some dry firing. Dry firing would be kind of like those guys that practice their golf swing just without a, wasting balls in the driving range, just kind of going yeah, through the motion. Exactly. It's it's everything. You want everything to be just like you would do it for real, Except for you're having, you're doing it with an unloaded firearm. And I have some cool tools that allow me to be very effective at dry firing. It shoots like a little laser out my barrel and stuff like that. So I can see where I would have been hitting if I would have actually pulled the trigger on a real firearm. It just, you would be losing the recoil. Yeah. That's and like I was thing. saying, like I was saying earlier about when we were talking about, um, you know, flinching on recoil, once you've really like, once you've shot a little bit and understand what the recoil is going to do, on uh, the firearms that I shoot, the recoil is really, really manageable and almost 100% manageable. So as long as you have a good steady body positioning, your um, the recoil is really not going to affect you at all. I mean, you're going to get a little powder in your face and it is going to come back on you, but your stance, your grip, and your, um, your body position is going to manage most of that recoil. So as long as you're practicing that in your dry firing as well, it's, it's going to directly correlate to the range. And uh, how many guns do you own? I own, I own five guns. Okay. Because yeah. I feel like when I last saw your garage, there were maybe I'm just picturing all the knives and bow and arrows and whatever, but I think I feel like it was a war room. <laughs> yeah, I think there were some BB guns in there and stuff like that. Okay, uh, and I, I just I didn't I didn't know the difference. Yeah, you just don't know the difference. But I own I only own. Five and then only four of them work. I have one that's designated solely for laser training, so it's a it's kind of like a cheaply made rifle that shoots just a laser. It doesn't. I took the I took some of the mechanisms out so it wouldn't fire a live round. Nice. And so when we went shooting, um, you took me shooting something I've never done before. We went to a shooting range in Oceanside. Um, yeah, Iron Sights. Yeah, and I was bad, but at least I wasn't as bad as Janelle, who broke the shooting range. <laughs> well, I think she shot better than you did, but she did break the range. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, she was better as in she shot the wire holding up all the targets. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this paper um, is too easy, I'm going to shoot the wire. Yeah, uh, but I was surprised that shooting the big, like, rifles were, were less recoiled than the handguns. 
Yeah, because it's a. Uh, I mean, without getting into a huge caliber debate or like class, I guess. So the rifle that you shot was called a um, is a AR-15, and what it shoots is a a two-two-three bullet, which is a twenty-two bullet with a lot of powder behind it. So it's a really, really small round. It's just shot really, really fast. So it's, that's why there's not that much kick on that. And the other ones were you know, handguns that have some punch on it, a forty and a forty-five. So they uh, they have a little bit more recoil. And handguns are always handguns are harder to shoot than rifles are, just in general, because it's yeah. a smaller. It's a smaller. Um, you have less. You're holding the rifle, or you're holding the weapon less less sturdy. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the people you teach, it's mostly for protection. It's not for like hunting or just. I yeah, I I mean I'm not a big hunter. I think it's something that I'll get into eventually, but it's never been something that I really like. Really needed to go out and do. Most of the people, my methodology is that I want to teach people to tra- to train with firearms to survive a firearm engagement. Like there's all kinds of um, you know sh- shooting sports out there, but um, I really want to try to prepare people to have to. You know, if if the worst case scenario happens and they have to uh, use firearm in defense of their life or somebody else's to be able to prepare for that, I think if you're prepared for that, then going into shooting a sport and stuff like that, you could probably all those skills are directly transferable. But the skills that you learn from sports aren't necessarily transferable to um, to that kind of thinking, I guess. And do you recommend? Do you think it's a good idea to have guns, like just as a normal person? Like if is Susan your wife shoot guns ever? Uh, she's been with me a couple of times. It's not like she has other hobbies, so she doesn't really want to get in the firearm. She want, I think she has an interest in taking a, um, getting her concealed carry license at some point down the road, but that's a long way away. She's got, she, there's a lot of firearm training that's going to happen. I do like the idea of people being armed. Like I'm definitely pro second amendment and I'm definitely pro for being able to obtain a concealed carry license. With that said, it's carrying a firearm is very, very, it's dangerous. And having a firearm in somebody's hand who doesn't know how to use it is also dangerous. So I'm a big advocate on if you're going to do it, do it correctly and get the training that's required. Don't like, it's just like everything else. You can't, um, you know, you can't throw a football with your brother in the backyard and then go play for the NFL. Like it's, you got, you got, there's some work in there. So it's, it's just a very, it's a very, um, it's a very, it can be very dangerous to have a firearm. So I like people to be as trained as possible. I, I think, you know, people who do this for a living constantly seek training to improve their skills. So if you don't do it for a living, you should probably at least go do annual training and you know, try to attend a class or something. And we don't have to get into too much detail, but have you just in general ever fired a weapon in a, a combat situation? That's, why did everyone know that? Yes, I have. And, okay. uh, yeah. So it's, a, gonna... it's, it's a lot different than, it's a lot different than shooting for sports. Yeah, I, we don't have to get in detail. I was just curious on, yeah, like, even in my coaching podcast, obviously this is totally different. We talk a lot about making everything game-like. Obviously you can't prepare 
for the adrenaline and everything of that kind of situation? It's definitely different, but you do work for, there's an old saying that, you know, you don't rise to the level of combat, you fall on the level of your training. And that's definitely true. Um, you definitely like, you definitely like everything, your, your body only lets you focus on so many things at a time. So you're, the things you're going to focus on are the things that you've done a lot, a lot and, and have training on. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy feeling how your, uh, your body only lets you focus on so many things and that, when that adrenal rush hits. So somebody like me who doesn't, who's only shot a gun once, I'm not going to all of a sudden be like a clutch gamer. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. it's going to kick in and I'm going to rise to the I, level I of mean, combat. I mean, you know, hey, it, it can happen. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it has happened, but I wouldn't probably. I wouldn't okay. put money on it. If if somebody's holding me hostage, don't take the shot. Because <laughs> you'll end up shooting what? hostage. <laughs> well, if you're standing in front of a pod, I have a good chance of hitting hitting something. <laughs> you have a good chance of hitting something. That is correct. <laughs> what that something is, nobody knows. But So if I was going to go out and dedicate myself to being a gun expert, what would you recommend as far as training? Like, what are some steps? Um, well, the first thing is you got to realize what you want to do, like why you want to become a gun expert, as you say. Okay, so I want to like, be able to like spin the gun like Doc Holliday and no, then like hit, no, hit can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Um, so if you wanted to do like, if you wanted to become like a responsible arm citizen, for example, which is somebody who carries, you know, a citizen with not necessarily military or law enforcement training. Who carries a gun and is a responsible gun owner? The first step would be is to you know go down to like your local gun store, like preferably one that rents guns out, and just try a couple out and see what see what works for you and see what you like. Gun stores are great resources because they'll try to sell you all kinds of stuff. So they'll tell you <laughs> what's good and what's bad about different about different guns. And for the most part, they're right. You'll, you'll leave there. You'll leave there with like five guns because they did such yeah. a good job. Well, not in, Ca- not in California. You'll leave there with nothing, yeah. and you know, yeah. your bank account will be a lot lighter. And you'll be like, "Wait, did I buy something? Did I not buy something? I don't know." Are they, but are they more expensive, or just the gun laws are stricter? The gun laws. So, like in California, you have a wait period. In uh, in uh, Florida, in Florida, we have a wait. I think on handguns for like five days, now, unless you have your Concealed carry license, then there's no wait. And then we don't have a wait on rifles. You have a 10 day wait on handguns and rifles. And you can only buy one handgun every 30 days, I believe it is. And you can buy as many rifles as you want at a time, but there's still a 10 day wait. But you go down there and you, you know, you try, you feel how the firearm fits in your hands. You want to talk about like what you want to again find out what you're going to use it for to determine what caliber what size gun you're going to get. And then, uh, then you buy the gun. And then, yeah, the first thing I would do if I bought a gun, honestly, attending like a concealed carry license course is sign up for, uh, a course. And when you're signing up for course, it's really important to look at who's teaching the course. Like, I mean, there's, cause there's all kinds of people out there that teach firearms courses. You can Google it in your area and I'm sure a hundred things will pop up. I think I live in a really, really small area and we have probably 10 different firearms training like institutes. So it's really important to like look at who's teaching the class 
so you could see if that would work for what you want to do. Well, cops are great, like ex-cops are great to take courses from, especially ones that have been in on-the-job shootings, because they understand the um, what happens when you actually, like the legal side, and like, so it kind of gets your head mind wrapped around that side. I don't recommend taking courses from people who are um, just kind of doing it, you know, with no military law enforcement. They're just kind of teaching it, unless they're maybe NRA certified instructors. And then that's another good route. The NRA has great resources on where to take courses through. And um, there's there's instructors all over the country, and they're cheap. They're a little bit cheaper than your tactical courses are. But signing up for one of those would probably be my first step. Cool. And I like the idea of dry firing because I'm pretty cheap. I wouldn't want to waste a bunch of bullets. So with dry firing, obviously, there's no explosion, I guess, in your hands. That there, nothing resets the slide or resets the firearm. So there's a system called the CERT that does that automatically. So it shoots a laser so you can see where it shoots, and it resets the trigger for you. So you can do it, like, instead of dry firing for like in 10 minutes dry firing with a regular firearm you probably get if you were like really working it you can get somewhere like you know maybe a hundred shots if you if you were really not working on your fundamentals and just pulling the trigger um but with the cert system i can get a hundred shots in 10 seconds like it's or like a minute because it's just it's very easy so that's what i use now uh for my rifle and my my pistol i use the cert system but yeah dry firing's the best shooters in the world drive fire. YouTube's a great way to learn how to shoot firearms, too. There's all kinds of instructors on YouTube. If I type in guns in YouTube, I'm sure I'll come up with all kinds of interesting things. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You come up with everything from people shooting themselves to... Uh, there's some there's some videos out there where a guy has a... He pulls the trigger on a shotgun and nothing comes out. So he takes it and he looks down oh, the barrel. God. Oh god! <laughs> and, and then he like moves his head back oh, and god. it fires and like blows a hole through his hat. And it's like, there's all kinds of there's kind of kind of it. But there are a lot of really good instructors. So you just gotta you know do a little bit of research and you can tell the good instructors from the bad ones just by watching their videos. But I follow <laughs> a lot of I follow a lot of people a lot of instructors on YouTube just to see what they're doing and. What drills are running and stuff like that. So if I go to an instructor and he has a hole in the front of his hat, I should probably steer clear. You should probably ask for your money back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and just finishing up. So your your son Hunter is how old now? He's two and a half. Okay. He's... So pretty soon, right? You're gonna get uh get him training. You know, I'm actually. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially where I live, are always. You know, a lot of people. Are, oh yeah, they're three, four years old. They'll start shooting. Um, I'm a, I'm probably a little bit more, you know, let's, let's work on a foam gun first. And once he stops pointing that at himself, then maybe we'll move up to a water gun. <laughs> it's going to be a very slow evolution with him. I keep, I have this little foam, like it's a, you know, those foam fingers. It's yeah. similar to that, but it's a, it's like a little pistol. And he, he doesn't ever hold it the correct way. Even when I hand it to him the correct way, he'll like turn it and hold it by the wrong end and like wave it at himself. So, uh, we're not quite ready to move on from that yet. <laughs> I can see you getting just like super annoyed with him. Hold it correctly! Wide stance! <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not, we're not to there yet. Maybe, we'll, maybe, no, maybe in kidding. a couple of years. Maybe when he's three. When he's three, I'll have high expectations of him. 
No, I appreciate this. This was good. Um, anything else covering the topic of guns you can think of you want to talk about? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fun and addicting sport or activity, I guess, to get into. So I do recommend, you know, everybody going and trying it because it's, it's a, as you found out, it is a life experience if you've never done it before. Um, especially if you're very like anti firearms or anti guns and stuff like that, it's probably good to get out there and experience it before so you can have just knowledge of what the whole thing about because guns are guns are definitely part of our society. So to understand to understand that whole industry or whatever you want to call it better, it's it's a uh, you know it's really it's good to go out there and you know try to try to shoot a little bit. Yeah, I. I was pretty anti-guns as far as they've never been a part of my life. And obviously on the news, you hear all kinds of the negative sides and, you know, yeah. horrible things that happen with guns. Um, so I've been kind of against them. Why, why do I need them? Why do people really need them? But it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, they are, they the are a lot of fun. And they're, you I know, mean, just, when they... just as a hobby, just as like a fun sport, like shooting gun is fun. And obviously there's people that live in areas where they hunting is a big part of their culture. Um, that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great. It's a really fun sport when you even doing like the IDPA or IPSC. It's like competitive pistol shooting and rifle shooting. It's a. It's a lot of fun. Like you can you can get out there and have you know spend fifty dollars on. I mean, not fifty dollars. Get like fifty rounds and have like a really good time with fifty rounds. So it's a good sport. It's a good fun sport. Cool. Thanks, Brian. And I'll definitely be calling you up again. Uh, I think we're going to go paintballing in a few weeks and I'll try to get some tips before I, before I go out there. Widen your stance. (laughs) Widen my stance. Yeah. Just not like hide behind, hide behind the hay barrel flinching. Oh yeah. We went, we went paintballing once and you, you stood in one position and I flanked you and shot you in the butt a couple of times. (laughs) So, so we went with the creative club guys and, uh, Uh We did a round where it was just us on the course, and it was pretty. It was pretty fun. I, I was still like just holding the gun around the hay barrel, firing it like a doing, to stick doing, my head, my head. doing the Iraqi squat and just pointing it out and hoping, hoping yeah, that it all hit. <laughs> because uh, even the paintball, like it's scary. They're whizzing by your head. Um, mm-hmm. I was in like this room, kind of you know bunker thing, and this okay. guy John Wagner comes sneaking up behind me, and as I'm going out the door, he's there. And so I just fall back and start firing, and I actually surrendered. I surrendered, <laughs> just because he was so close, and I was so afraid he was gonna just like it was gonna hurt so bad. So I'm like, stop! I give up! I give up! I give up! What I didn't, what I didn't, what I didn't notice is that he was outside on his butt, Doing like the same thing. Yeah, like he wasn't surrendering, but I guess I had like blindly shot and like was right by his crotch, and he was like backing up. And he, like, we both scared the hell out of each other, but I, I think I might have been one of the only people that surrendered in paintball. Yeah, so maybe this, maybe this industry is not for you. <laughs> you, probably, you, sh- you probably shouldn't drop an application for uh, your local law enforcement agency or uh, try to join the military. Right. But like, I don't know, like every once in a while when I see a good TV show, I think I could be a detective. Maybe not a cop, but you know, yeah, like, you gotta be a cop like, before you be a detective. I can't just jump into like Sherlock Holmes style. Yeah, maybe you should. Maybe you should go be a private private investigator. <laughs> okay, so here's the TV show slash real life scenario. You're the cop. You okay. get these cases you you just can't solve. You come to the your crackpot brother 
who's mm-hmm. like in his pajamas, still in his pajamas at the house. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll have all the answers for you. Okay, so this is, this feels like it's, uh, what's that show? There's all kinds of shows like that, I guess. The show, uh, the Brian, show this, was an, this was an original creation we just came up with. There's nothing on television <laughs> like it. Okay. Uh, I think Numbers was like that. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> FBI agent with a mathematician brother who does all the, uh, solves all these crimes through math. <laughs> right, well I don't have the math background, I've just read a lot of comic books. Okay, so you're like, you're like the true detective. AKA yes. Batman. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Cool man, well thanks, thanks for being on the show. First ever yeah, episode. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, it was great.